You are listening to Creation Talk, a creation.com podcast, proclaiming the truth to honor the Creator while providing credible answers. G'day, everyone. Uh, welcome to yet another podcast. Uh, I'm Dr. Jonathan Safdie from Creation Ministries USA, originally from Australia, and with me is... Gary Bates, and I'm an Aussie. Well, this is a slight change from our usual, which is about apologetics, the defense of the, fa- of the faith. Now we're going into apologetics, which is defense of the moon landing 50 years ago. <laughs> yes, Jonathan, this is one that has shadowed around for a long time in the realm, probably one of the earliest conspiracy theories that I could even remember. Well, I mean, it does seem rather unusual. I think we'll get a lot of pushback on this, unfortunately, but I hope that we can actually show why the moon landings were good science, they really occurred and could not have been faked. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a bit of a space junkie because you know I love anything to do with uh, space. I love anything to do with missions to space, etc. You know, NASA, obviously the world's premier space agency, we're in a space race. People, young people today don't realize that the era that you and I grew up with was pretty much dominated by the Cold War. Mm. This was the uh, when Russia or the Soviet Union was controlled by a communist communist authoritarian state. They had, obviously, the first satellite in space, the first man in space. And during those years, America was really trying to catch up. Yeah, I mean, I think Kennedy seemed very rash when, at the beginning of his presidency, he said, we're going to put a man on the moon by the end of the decades. Very rash, it sounded like, because the Soviets were so far ahead of America. But, in fact, we overtook them and beat them. Yeah, so we could talk about that. But a little known fact is one of the reasons we overtook them is because the uh, Soviets themselves had a massive accident trying to Mm. uh, come up with a a massive rocket that basically destroyed their launch facilities. In fact, people can look on YouTube. There's about a 30-second video of that happening. But uh, yes, it was great science. And of course, one of the objections that people have today is back then they didn't have the technology, therefore it couldn't happen. I mean, all their massive calculations were done you know, on slide rules, for example, because we didn't even have things like a pocket calculator. Yeah, but that's a, quite an interesting thing to point out. But in fact, rocket technology was actually very very good in those days because we had the German rocket scientists like Werner von Braun. They'd already developed and proven rockets were quite dangerous because they used them in World War II against Great Britain. Mm. So the, the rocket technology was already good by then. But what was not very good was the ability to fake such a thing. Because we didn't have the computer technology to store the information and to, there wasn't anything like uh, Photoshop back then. So faking was impossible, but the rocketing was actually very possible. Yes. So the technology was basically in calculating trajectories, orbits, thrust, you know, rocket theory, and so on and so forth. That's a lot different from processing lots and lots of bits of information like you have to do today to create special effects you know, on computers for the wonderful movies that we see. In fact, I'd heard it said that we have more computer power in the average family sedan than NASA had, you know, at its disposable in their massive, massive rooms with these reel-to-reel computers that effectively only held a few megabytes of memory. Well, it's true. Uh, even though the NASA, the computer on board, the Apollo program, was actually extremely capable for doing its job of multi-task, it's a very t- capable computer. But when it came to memory, uh, speed and all that, of course, it's nothing compared to what we have on even the cheapest uh, smartphones these days. But it was capable for what it had to do. But of course, we also had the human computers, like you might have seen the film Hidden Figures about these 
wonderful black women mathematicians who are doing all the calculations by hand. So what amazing people. Yeah, that's a great movie. I really enjoyed that. So also, here's the thing too. For there to be a conspiracy theory is uh, that, you know, and a lot of Christians buy into this, but there were lots and lots of Christians, prominent Christians involved in the space program, right from Project Mercury, Gemini, right up to the Apollo missions. And I can remember, in fact, as a child, one of my favorite ones was Apollo 8. This is the first time we'd ever left the Earth. And in Apollo 8, they circled around the moon. And in fact, they were up there on Christmas Day. And an incredible event happened, which would be today regarded as politically incorrect and wouldn't be allowed. You want to remind people what that was. Well, it's interesting because this is the first uh, use of the Saturn V rocket, and they decided, well, let's go and orbit the moon as, as proof of the concept. And while they were orbiting, they, they had this amazing picture of the Earth coming up as they were orbiting. There's a very most famous photo in the world, this picture of our Earth from space, this great big blue marble. And while they were doing that, they also read Genesis 1 from the King James Version. They took turns, the three astronauts took turns reading Genesis 1. Yeah, the photo is called Earthrise. I can think I can say, apart from family snaps, it's my favorite photograph of all time. You know, Dr. Henry Richter is, can be regarded as one of the fathers of the space program. We've interviewed him in Creation Magazine. He appeared in our documentary, Alien Intrusion, Unmasking a Deception. I went and interviewed him. And he, like Werner von Braun, actually became Christians while they were working at NASA. And I mentioned that photo to Dr. Richter, and he called it, yes, he said, we all referred, looking back at the big blue marble, mm. that in the incredible blackness of space, there is this beautiful, bright blue planet with oceans. You know, you could see the, uh, you could see the land masses, you could see the, the cloud cover, et cetera, and it just stood out so wonderfully. Mm. We talked about that a little bit if people want to look at our other podcast on extrasolar planets of how well designed or the universe is for life on Earth. But there were other ones. I mean, it's well recorded, for example, that Buzz Aldrin, when he was on the lunar surface, he took with him some wine and some bread, effectively. Yeah, the first to be on the moon was Holy Communion. Isn't that interesting? And you have biblical creationists like the late James Irwin, and the youngest man to walk on the moon was Charles Duke. He's a devout Christian. Catherine Johnson, who is one of those human calculators in the movie Hidden Figures, she died at the age of 101 recently, and sadly to say, uh, she was a regular church member as well. So all these people, you're impugning the integrity of these devout Christians involved with the moon missions. Now, here's the thing. It's, it, you know, to be able to fake it at the time, we mentioned at the beginning, it was such a race to kind of overtake the Soviets. There were various companies involved. I think I read somewhere that they estimated it was about a quarter of a million people involved in mm -hmm. uh, calculating, building, developing all the components, all the rocketry that was needed. Now, you and I from Australia and even in our own country, I've actually been to our tracking stations that we have in Australia. So then you've also got to make all these other people and other countries part of the conspiracies because they could track the, the rocket. And that famous broadcast in July 1969 from the moon's surface was actually beamed via a tracking station in Australia. Well, because, I mean, America is not always on the same side as the moon. It's sometimes blocked by the Earth, so they have to borrow Aussie technology because we become on the right side of the moon. So we would have had to be uh, have had to have been in on the conspiracy in Australia. So it, it really makes no sense whatsoever. 
Yeah, and another really important point, we mentioned, again, the space race. There was a competition. I mean, obviously, it was all about political ambition and proving their country was the best and fear at the time because America spent a large percentage of its GDP just getting to the moon. Mm. But surely, if it was a hoax, wouldn't have the Russians have spoken up about this? Well, I think the millennials these days uh, were born after the collapse of the Soviet Union, so they don't realise uh, that what the Cold War, how serious it was. But, I mean, uh, people who are a bit older, like us two, uh, do remember something about the Cold War, and they would have loved to have proved a hoax. If it had been a hoax, they would have loved to prove it. It would have been a, a great propaganda coup. And, of course, if you're a chess master like I am, you remember the Fischer and Spassky match in 1972. Again, that was a terrible blow for the Russians losing the world chess championship to an American Bobby Fischer. So that was around the same time as the moon landings were coming to a close. So they would love to have disproven it if it had been false, but they never could, of course, because it was true. Yeah. They were tracking it as well. Yeah. I think it's a little hard for people today to understand the environment. I mean, even in the US, children that were at school were practicing procedures in case there was a Soviet nuclear missile heading our way. You know, they were kind of hiding under the desks. And Mm. there was a period where Almost perpetually, we were on tender hooks because of potential uh, inflammation between relations uh, between the US, particularly, and the Soviet Union. So they would have had a really strong vested interest, and it would have been very, very easy for them to prove that it was a hoax if indeed it actually was. I don't think there's any issues about that. But let's talk about some of the alleged problems. You know, we mentioned about the technology and the special effects at the time. Anybody can go back and watch a 1960s sci-fi movie. Oh, gosh, ridiculous. See how lousy the special effects were, but that was kind of the best that we had. A lot of this conspiracy theory gained traction from a movie I remember called Capricorn One, which was about the US faking a mission to Mars. And then everybody kind of said, well, hey, maybe that's what happened with the moon landings. And it was filmed in a warehouse in Michigan or something like this. Oh, no. But the slow motion effects was uh, was a big one, too. You know, we have the astronauts jumping because of the reduced gravity, etc. Uh, just what's your thoughts on that? Well, in fact, uh, we can now do uh, uh, things like low gravity because we've got planes that can actually drop for a while, so it simulates low gravity, and it looks just what the moon people were doing at one-sixth of the, of the gravity of Earth. But the thing is, um, slow motion can't explain it because the astronauts' arms are moving at normal speed, and yet they were, they, they were jumping in, in supposed slow motion. I mean, if it's slow motion, everything would be slowed down, but the arms were not moving, were not slowed down. Yeah. So, no, that doesn't work at all. Yeah, and I know one of the famous ones, because I think I've just about watched every conspiracy movie or YouTube video out there. Every time I go out and do ministry, somebody likes to hand me a DVD and say, have you seen this? Well, I have to say, folks, yes, I have seen them. Uh, Another one, very simple, and people need to remember it's the way that the information is presented. Another one was when they planted the flag. Mm. There is no atmosphere on the moon, yet look at the flag waving. And so there's a tendency you go, oh, my goodness, yes, of course. You always have to say, have to also look and see whether there's another explanation. And the simple answer was, was, you know, when Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin were there, I can't even remember who it was, putting the flag in the ground. Yes, they're twisting the flag to put it in. So the bottom of the flag is waving. And because no atmosphere, there's no atmosphere to slow down the wobbling. So the wobbling actually lasts, the the, the waving lasts longer because there's nothing to slow it down. So it actually supports the fact that they're in a vacuum. So 
Jonathan, we don't have time to cover all of the supposed objections that people raise, but and I just mentioned like the flag was one. Another one is that they say, well, you, how come you can't see the stars out there? Well, you, you can't because cameras have to be set for a certain brightness. If we set the camera to be sensitive enough for the to detect the stars, everything else would be um, totally badly uh, flared out by overexposure. Now, our, our eyes are different from cameras. They uh, actually have a very wide sensitivity range. Uh, while, but cameras do not. Yeah. So our eyes are actually better designed than cameras, but cameras can't be set for both the moon's surface and the stars. You have to do one or the other. Yeah. Anyone in those cameras knows this. And uh, shadows is another one too. How come you can't see the shadows of astronauts or anything on the moon? Well, because you, first of all, we have a huge light source called the sun, which is 150 million kilometers away, but also we have reflections from the moon's surface. We actually have moonlight illuminating the uh, astronauts. We've got a few different uh, sources of light there, which again shows that we are seeing what we should be seeing. Yes, in fact, that's why we can see the moon so brightly in the night sky because it's got a highly reflective surface. Now, again, we're not going to be able to cover all of these folks. So uh, if you're saying, oh, well, you didn't mention this or you didn't mention that, uh, we do have information on our website. But in fact, I don't know whether people could still get it that Mythbusters did a really, really nice episode on this trying to recreate the alleged hoaxes that they found they couldn't do it. Yes. So, Jonathan, one of the great weaknesses with any conspiracy is obviously the ability to keep it quiet. I mean, you know, we, we've said there were hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people uh, involved in this. Surely somebody wants to make themselves famous and make a quick buck by, uh, by exposing it all. Why? I mean, it just hasn't happened. Well, I, mean, I think this also lends it back from apologetics back to apologetics because you think of Chuck Colson, who is one of Nixon's cronies, and he said he was convinced of the fact of the resurrection because of the Watergate failure because 12 men testified they'd seen Jesus rise from the dead. They proclaimed it for 40 years. They didn't deny it. They were beaten. They were tortured. They were threatened with death. And the thing is they wouldn't have endured that for what they knew was a lie. And he compares it to Watergate. Watergate embroiled 12 of the most powerful men in the world. They couldn't keep alive for three weeks. So you're telling me 12 apostles could keep alive for 40 years? Totally impossible. So if you're going down the conspiracy track, you're actually undermining one of the most powerful arguments for the resurrection of Jesus. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of this is the idea that you know, governments keep secrets. Well, <laughs> they do. In fact, we've talked about the fact there was a Cold War going on. Mm. The US government and the Soviet government kept lots of secrets, particularly about their developing technology, because they regarded each other as a threat. And the fact that governments mm -hmm. keep secrets is not always a bad thing. Sometimes, of course, it's for our own protection. But, you know, it's interesting you mentioned there the resurrection, mm. because Colson did say the fact that the disciples, the apostles, went about, some of them were murdered, some of them were persecuted, none of them cracked under pressure. Mm. And uh, that's certainly uh, not what we would expect if hundreds of thousands of people had been involved in a massive conspiracy to cover Apollo. And in fact, one of the great sadnesses is this is one of ma mankind's, particularly the US, greatest technological achievements. I mean, mm. it, it is incredible what they did. It was such a boldness with it. There were Christians involved who risked their lives to, to, to sit on those giant rockets and go to the moon. Hmm. And uh, I think it's something that we should actually celebrate. And the technology has helped mankind in so many ways, even the space program. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, of course, they were using the science developed by people like Newton and Maxwell, who are devout creationists as well. So I mean, the science is, is creationist space, and a lot of the people involved with it were, were biblical people.
In my book, Alien Intrusion, I mentioned that Werner von Braun, who, as I said, became a Christian while at NASA, said, and, you know, he had a bit of a dubious past, obviously, uh, working with the Nazis, but we know the transforming effect that, pe- that Christ can have in people's lives. He just believed that space exploration would reveal the glory of God, his handiwork, and I think that's certainly what is the case. Mm. But anyway, people, uh, of course, can know more by going to creation.com and check out the article links below. I just want to say this. We get so many comments <laughs> on questions that are actually answered in these articles. And, of course, these podcasts are just brief, kind of wet your whistle, wet your appetite shows so that you can dive in and get more information. So, again, thank you for joining us. If you like what you see, click subscribe. It'll always let you know when we have a new podcast available. Thanks for today, Jonathan. Thank you, Gary. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you all next time.